There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Looking at Metair and this sub-zero blast that we've had over the last number of days, it looks like it's going to move away as we head into this week, but unfortunately it's going to move away to some stormy conditions today. As we've just said, is another cold day. Tonight and tomorrow are going to be uh, cold, but then overnight temperatures tomorrow night are expected to start rising. You know, they could go up to around four degrees uh, tomorrow night and then temperatures are expected to rise from midweek. Milder conditions are set, though, to bring unsettled weather with it. What does that mean? Met Aaron say plenty of rain and wind expected from Wednesday uh, onwards. Met Aaron are saying there is the possibility of stormy conditions, though the outlook for the latter part of this week does remain uncertain. But we're looking from Wednesday, Thursday and Friday sort of temperatures will go 7 to 9 degrees, then 10 to 11 degrees and could even be on the south coast be up as high as 12 degrees. So certainly it's going to get milder but with that mild weather unfortunately as I say uh, we may see rain and uh, wind. And just an update on a news story I heard with Barry there when he was talking with Kerry Independent Dáil Deputy Michael Healy Ray who was talking about the Green Party uh, leader and Minister for the Environment Eamon Ryan who of course we know is over in Dubai at uh, the COP Climate uh, Summit and there was this ridiculous talk that he was going to have to fly back from Dubai for the no confidence motion in Helen McEntee and then get back on a plane and go back again to Dubai and you know so many people critical of the of the the fact of uh, his carbon footprint on doing you know those long haul uh, flights and to go back and go back over again well I'm just hearing literally just broke there before at 10 o'clock that Eamon Ryan will not now have to make that return flight from the climate uh, summit for the no confidence uh, motion because he has now arranged a pair with Jennifer Whitmore of the Social Democrats. And of course, the COP28 climate summit is continuing today and with the debate about the necessity to phase out fossil fuels. And that now has very much moved uh, centre stage. And it's all kind of a bit ironic that the COP28 climate summit is going on in the UEA, you know, in, in Dubai, in the United Arab Emirates, on a country that I heard over the weekend, I think it was 15 trillion they made out of gas and oil uh, this year. Uh, and so we're in the 
middle of a country that makes a lot of money out of fossil fuels and yet they're in that country discussing how to phase it out. Just, it can't sit well, particularly with so many of the environmentalists who are present for the COP28. 0818 at 103 103 and Tom says, Patricia, what does it cost to the taxpayer if Eamon Ryan was making a return trip from COP and he's also not worried about his his carbon footprint is uh, he well I suppose if he wanted to attend it as Minister for, for the Environment he probably saw it as very important for him to attend the COP uh, Climate Summit no other way of getting there except, of course, uh, to fly. But at least now he doesn't have to make make that additional uh, return flight. Lots of stories in the papers today with, uh, to do with health, be it the cost of the GP, be it the shortage that we're seeing on home help home support workers, which, by the way, we're going to be discussing home support workers and how their roles have changed on the programme. But there's a huge shortage when it comes to people uh, waiting for uh, home care packages. But there's lots of uh, different health issues. There's medicine shortages also going on. I was also reading about virtual wards where you could be at home and you'll be accessing your doctor down a video screen and seemingly it works in other countries. Why can't it uh, work here? But it's the cost of going to the GP and how it differs depending on where in the country you uh, live. The Irish Independent are highlighting a piece uh, today saying some private patients are paying almost €50 more to see their family doctor than other parts of the country. It's Dublin, by the way, is coming out the most expensive. A survey has revealed that one in six are paying between €26 and €50 to see their GP and then over a third of people are paying between 51 and 75 And I wonder, and I can't find any information of where in the country people are paying as little as €26 to see their uh, GP. To me, it averages around €50, €60, certainly here in Cork, but seemingly according to the survey, it can be as low as €26 and right up to €75. The huge variations uh, emerged in an Ipsos uh, behaviour and attitude poll, now it was conducted for the Department of Health, and it was carried out before the latest extension of the GP visit cards. Remember the latest extension to the GP visit cards? It gave more free access to GPs for children and for uh, adults. And before the extension, around forty-four percent of the population were entitled to go to a GP for free. But after the uh, extension, that now has gone to half the uh, population. The poll did show that parents pay on average. 55 euro for children and teenagers to be able to access their uh, doctor. And GPs, of course, are self-employed. They're allowed to charge what they see uh, fit with authorities clamping down if there's any price fixing uh, going on. Now, asked about the variation in costs, a spokesperson for the Irish Medical Organisation said, look, GPs fees reflect the cost of the consultation, but it also is the cost of running a business. They include rent utilities, staff, information technology, uh, general and professional insurance, all of which are rising at a result of general inflation. So like everything is going up, it's going up for the GP practices uh, as well. More than three thirds of people said that they visited their GP at least once this year. Uh, Women are more likely to go to the doctor. Women on average went 4.9 times, nearly five times compared to men just going a little over uh, three uh, times. But what separate figures also have come out 
showing the tens of thousands of people who are now eligible for these free GP visits due to that phase rollout in August have yet to claim the benefit. There was also a notable disparity between the amount of people making appointments with their GPs when they had free entitlements compared to those who had to pay. And that doesn't come as any surprise to me. People who have a medical card or people who are entitled to a GP visit on average go to the doctor uh, just under six times per year. But for the people who are paying for it, they go just a little over three times. Children under six who have a free GP care uh, for the longest, they clock up on average four visits to the doctor last year. Although those those would have included infants uh, as well. And obviously infants need to go because they'd be getting vaccines, uh, uh, etc., and for the older children whose parents are paying uh, it on average, they just go about twice um, a year. But we have that ongoing uh, issue of uh, many GP practices remain closed to new patients. And we have a number of, of people here in our own area here in Cork who are desperately scrambling to try to get a doctor, particularly if they move to a new uh, era, a new area. And of course, the HSE has to find a practice to take on a substantial number of people who qualify for free visits. Now, they don't have to do it if you're a private patient. You can't contact the HNC and say, I can't get a doctor in my area. But if you have a medical card or you have a GP visit card, then the HSE must find you a GP. And some interesting figures are out. Of the 348,000 people who were approved for either a new GP visit card or got the full medical card last year, just under 4,000 of those could not be placed on the panel of the doctor of their choice. So if someone then is turned away by three GP practices, the HSC then steps in and then places them on a GP panel, although that has proved proved unpopular uh, with some uh, family doctors because obviously they're not... They're not choosing to turn people away. They're basically saying our list is full. And then the HSE intervenes and said, no, you have to take X, Y and Z. The HSE has says it expects that the vast majority of people who qualify for the new extended GP card, they would always already have had an existing uh, GP. But there are still a number of people who don't have an existing GP, certainly based on those figures, where nearly 4,000 people had to be placed on a panel, which wasn't the doctor of their choice. Don't forget, we here at C103 are planning on covering your Christmas spend this year with these wonderful Super Value gift cards. We are giving away €5,000 in total uh, with the C103 Christmas Uncovered. You're listening out for today. At some stage, I will tell you when is the moment that you need to text us. When I give you that cue to text our uh, WhatsApp, stay stay by your phone because one listener then I will call back will ask them a very simple Christmas uh, question. If they get the question correct, then they go forward to today's draw and today's draw will be held with uh, Martina on her programme after six when she'll call back one of the daily finalists and that daily finalist will win the 500 euro shopping spree and then we'll do it all over again uh, tomorrow and all over again for 10 days until we've given away five thousand euro worth of super value gift cards so stay tuned at some stage I will give you your cue to text our uh, WhatsApp and, and the, of course the super value gift cards perfect for every occasion they're available in store or online for e-gift cards that can be sent with a personal message you simply search super value gift cards only 
on C103. Having spoken last Friday about some of the problems people are experiencing trying to upload passport photographs to the renewal portal, today we focus on problems some parents may be having travelling with their children overseas. West Cork Fianna Fáil adult deputy Christopher O'Sullivan joins me uh, to outline this issue in more detail. Good morning to you, Christopher. Hey, Patricia. You're welcome to the programme. Now, this is an issue that some people may not be uh, aware of. And I'm assuming in the main, it affects mothers who decide to keep their maiden names on their passports. Just explain some of the issues that you're hearing about. That's you. You've hit the nail on the head there, Patricia. Look, thankfully, it's not a widespread issue and it's not uh, affecting um, that many people, but it is affecting people. And, and since I raised this in the dial, even more um, women in particular have been in touch with me in relation to their experiences. So in a nutshell, I tried to explain it for the listeners as simply as possible. Uh, it's quite straightforward. Um, you know, obviously, there there is a, a tradition in Ireland, a, a longstanding tradition where um, we say the, the, the woman in, in, in a relationship or in, in, a, in a marriage would take um, the husband's name and, and that's absolutely fine. But more and more women, I suppose, are choosing to, to keep their, their maiden name as, as some people call it their hard earned birth name, you know. So that's and, and that's just a, a move away from convention and that's absolutely fine as well. But uh, what's happening then in relation to the passports is, is quite simple. On a child's passport, um, they, you have the... Um, the, the first name or maybe the middle name but then you will have the child's surname and by convention it's still very much the case in 99% of the, of the, of the cases the uh, child will take the father's surname and and that's that's happening right across the country and again absolutely no problems with that whatsoever that's convention and, and, and tradition I guess um, but the issue arises as you've pointed out there where uh, the woman in particular uh, decides uh, to keep uh, her maiden name by choice I mean it's absolutely her choice uh, and when they travel abroad uh, that's when they run into problems because what's happening uh, in some instances thankfully uh, not in the majority of cases but in some instances what's happening is they are stopped by security or perhaps they're stopped by immigration um, and and what's happened is because um, on the the child's passport you have the father's surname but that doesn't match up with the surname on the mother's passport who may have a different surname and um, what's happened is they're they're being um, detained uh, they're being questioned um, some have described to me as, as a bit of an interrogation um, and it's 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 quite a stressful experience for for both the mother and the child in this instance because uh, in the odd instance I've heard of where families have missed their flights because they've been detained and they've missed connecting flights um and you know but it, outside of that it's just proving to be a very stressful uh, experience so that's that's the issue um and uh, the, sim- the the fix is so simple patricia i mean yeah the, what, 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 what is the fix it's very simple as far as i'm concerned no look people will say the simple fix is why don't um you just bring your uh, child's um documentation birth certificate etc with you well why that's kind of bit unfair as well Exactly. That's a bit unfair because, you know, the, the, the father doesn't have to. So why should the mother have to do that? You know, so there's, I, 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 there's a bit of an, an unfairness there. So this fix is very simple. This is what I've asked for in the dial. And what is being looked at, uh, I've got confirmed, is that there would be provision on the child's passport very simply for uh, the father's uh, and the mother's name or both guardian's name, whatever case it may be. So that's it. You're covered. And then when, when security or immigration or whoever it is is looking at the passport, it's very simple to match up the child's surname with uh, the, the mother's surname. And then you avoid... 
this uh, interrogation and this and the stress uh, that's involved with that. So um, that that that's that's the solution. But what what's happened is, uh, and this is I've known quite a lot of women who who have done this. They they've double barreled their names. Yeah. And again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with double barreling your their name if if that's what you want to do. Everyone's free to do whatever they want to do. But I know for a fact that there are women out there who intentionally double barrel their name they they might want to hang on to their own birth name that's that's the you know the name that that they that, that they grew up with but because of this issue uh, and this single issue they've decided to double barrel their name and use both their married name and their maiden name um uh, and they kind on, of, on they their kind passport. of regret it done. the the only the only problem that that, that that can present is when you are booking flights you've got to remember the name that's on your passport and i have seen that happen to people who forgot that they put the double barrel bit on their passport and then when they booked a flight uh, it didn't match with their passport so you've got to be careful of that as well yeah that, that's a, that's a problem i didn't even think about patricia yeah, that that certainly is an issue that you uh, you forget that what name is going to match up with your passport so that presents a problem but look it's 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 a simple thing it's it's a simple thing and since i raised this um, it was it was in the dial actually with with Helen McEntee, uh, as it happens last Wednesday, who is another one of those women who has decided to um, expose keep her her um, maiden name or her birth name. No, she hasn't encountered the same problem, but I can imagine that's because uh, she'd be quite well known in a lot of areas. But um, you know, it, it since I've since I raised it, women have reached out to me. I suppose thanking me first of all for raising it. It's it's a simple one. It's it's just one of these oversights that we don't really look at. Um, so it's at the moment it's with the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Michal Martin's office, um, and it's getting uh, attention. So hopefully that's something that will be rectified. Mm. So that that um, that 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 basically with women in particular can travel with their kids uh, without fear of, of yeah. uh, being stopped or questioned. I do remember um, a number of years ago. Um, obviously, I've held on to my maiden name for obvious reasons. I've worked hard to get my name out there, so I wasn't going to change <laughs> it as soon as I got married. Um, but there my daughter, go. obviously, my daughter has has my husband's uh, surname, and I remember being mm. in Paris, and this issue came up. Now, luckily, I had uh, additional documentation with me but the stress levels of it because I was trying to get a connecting flight and when you're travelling with a deafblind child it's stressful enough anyway without getting delayed and I was you know watching the board the flight was going to go and I had somebody whose you know English wasn't their first language having this big discussion with me but it eventually got sorted but I do, I do remember the stress level of it that's why when I saw you raise this issue I'd forgotten all about it and I just thought God almighty can we not get this sorted for once and for all do you know what ha- what happens in other countries because it, it, it can't just be an Irish issue. I don't. I, I know that there are some passports. Uh, there's some international passports where they do make provision for for both names, and I think it is particularly to get around this uh, this this issue. Um, but most uh, would Ireland would follow the convention, I suppose, right across the globe, where uh, it the parent's name wouldn't be on the uh, on the display on, on the passport. So, um, you know, it's 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 surprising that it, it hasn't raised its head. I, I guess. Look, as society changes, Patricia, and you've hit the nail on the head there, and I'm so glad that you've had you you have outlined your own personal experiences. And as you say, you've you've fought and worked hard um, to to build an incredible career using that name, Patricia Bessinger, which is known right across the board. And I guess that's why more and more women are choosing to 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 do that, or choosing to keep their maiden name. And I think it's more accepted. I'm sure it was at one point. It was it was um, there was a, a small bit of controversy, but that's not the case anymore. It's absolutely. Yeah. Um, run of the mill now, and and you, you feel the nail on the head, and and um, you know this shouldn't be a headache 
I mean, it's not a headache for me. It's not a headache for any other uh, man out there who um, would perhaps might have a child and, and convention would be that they would take uh, the, the father's name. It's not an issue. So I, I suppose we're just need a, a, level play, a level playing field here. And because it's such a simple fix, um, I think it's something that it was, it was worth raising, worth bringing to light. And, and uh, it, the, the reaction was was surprising um but it was uh it was also very supportive as well that that that, that uh, I had raised this issue okay and and I'm assuming passport control you know have to make sure that the child that is with the adult is with the correct adult and that it isn't being trafficked out of the country I mean I can see it from the that's probably one of the yeah. reasons for it that's the other side of it of course that's the other side of it I mean we do have unfortunately in the, in this world that we live in today we, we do have, have an element of of child trafficking, of, of of kidnapping, of you know, very very small, and certainly from a European context, it's even smaller again. So there is good reason for these cross checks. There's good reason that you need a robust security at airport, or you, there's good reason that you need a robust you know immigration or robust um, you know passport checking. Uh, so it, it it is there for a reason. But quite innocently, I mean, um, you know, quite innocently, as I said, many instances right across the globe, women will travel with their uh, child. In fact, it's mostly the a mother will travel with their child, and uh, and it's it's just a headache that they didn't foresee, they didn't predict, and 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 this, nor should they have to foresee it, or nor should they have to predict it either. Um, uh, but it it is an issue that crops up from time to time. So it's it's, a, it's the, obviously the the checks um, and the the security is necessary, but um, the stress caused to um, innocent um, families really who are just going about their day traveling is is uh, unwarranted really. Okay, um, and actually somebody else is raising another issue saying, hi, listening to conversation on passports, I'm a mother of uh, four, all my four children have their dad's uh, surname. We're together 29 years, we just happen to never get married. I agree there should be an option on a passport for the mother's uh, name and that's like a guardianship issue. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, and you've, by the way, it's, it's not just uh, uh, married men and women, obviously, who this issue uh, crops up with. It's it's guardianship. It's, it's uh, you know, p- people who are guardians, you know, obviously, you've same-sex couples now as well, right across uh, Ireland, um, that may have, have, have uh, foster children or, or, or have adoptees, adopted children. Um, so, like, you, you've a whole range of issues where this might arise. It's not just with, uh, um, you know, man and woman relationships, but it, it's it's an issue right across the board, absolutely. You know, okay. it's, it's, it's an and, and I'm sure you, you will get more people texting into the show responding, having had similar um, experiences. Themselves. OK, and uh, just finally, before I let you go, seeing as, as we've mentioned, the Justice Minister, uh, Helen McEntee, she's got a, a, a tricky few days uh, coming up with this vote of no confidence. And, and I just mentioned that the news has broken that Eamon Ryan has been offered a pairing arrangement by the Social Democrat uh, TD, Jennifer Whitmore, because that was a ludicrous situation that he was going to have to fly back from Dubai, wasn't it? And then jump on a plane and go back yeah. to Dubai. Yeah, especially when you consider the context of, of, of where he was at, at COP, you know, which is supposed to be around sustainability and, and reducing emissions. And, you know, I, I, I dread to think of the emissions that would have been um, associated with that flight alone uh, back and forth. You know, it was uh, it, it was a ludicrous situation. So fair play, that's been rectified. But, you know, I, I look, Helen McEntee, she, she'll survive this um, no confidence motion. Um, look, it, it it raises a really important issue in terms of guardi uh, and and policing and and security and safety right across the nation. Um, I think it, it would have been incredibly difficult to predict the scale of the violence that we saw in Dublin uh, a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I'm 41 now, Patricia. In my lifetime, I've never seen anything like it. So I don't know how you prepare for something that you've you know we, we've never experienced really in at that scale in this nation. Having said that, absolutely. 
uh, we could have been better prepared. And I think that's something that anyone would acknowledge. Uh, and to say further, that, look, in terms of safety of our citizens, it's not just uh, confined to Dublin. We absolutely need to do better in terms of our guardy presence and guardy numbers. There's villages right across Cork, West Cork, um, that don't have guarder presence. Drina have been battling for a guarder for a long time. Now they have someone in position at the moment. But if you take Skibbereen, I, I get contacted by quite a lot of people from Skibbereen who who are concerned about the lack of guarder presence there and and um, the fact that the station uh, isn't always open um, when, when when they feel it should be open. So this is this there, we can't uh, as government bury heads in the sand and say there's no nothing to see here and there isn't an issue. There absolutely is. It needs to be rectified. But I don't think. Um, just uh, sacking ministers or guard commissioners is going to bring about the, the, the changes needed. Is, so I imagine is, she will survive that vote. Is, is it true that if she didn't survive the vote, it would trigger a general election that would have to happen between December the 22nd and January 4th? It is. It is uh, with the with the um, challenges in terms of appointing a, a new minister. So if if if, oh, if the vote of no confidence is um, defeated, I'll be getting my election posters out. Patricia will be getting ready well, to John, vote. But John it, Paul it, said it, to let you know he's on holidays and he's not cancelling it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I right. think on, yeah. This is that, that that that's good. So, but look, I, it 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 won't it won't be defeated. But it is a wake up call, a wake up call that we need that we need to increase Garda resources. We need to also give them a bit more protection. You probably saw the scenes where that poor Garda on O'Connell Bridge basically had to keep his hands by his side as he was being laid into by it was shocking. By, by it was shocking. And and that's because he felt he felt completely powerless in terms of his reaction. So that needs to be looked at, and it will be looked at. And that's the wake-up call that we needed. We need to increase our guard of presence everywhere. OK, and I can see texts coming in from uh, women about the passport issue. Uh, somebody said, I was nearly arrested over this issue and jailed in Germany. It was worse in uh, Canada. It's a problem that has to be sorted. OK, listen, Christopher, we leave it there. Thank you for that. And thanks Thank for joining you. us. Thank you, uh, good morning to you. That is uh, West Cork, Fianna Fáil, Dáil Deputy Christopher O'Sullivan. A well-known advocate for the elderly here in Cork, Paddy O'Brien, has raised the issue of how the current home help scheme operates. Healthcare support assistants, as they are now known, are offering a different service to what they once provided. That's according to Paddy O'Brien, who now joins me. Good morning to you, Paddy. Good morning, Patricia. Now, I suppose, firstly, um, outline how the current healthcare support assistance, how it differs to what people remember as the home helps. Well, what happened approximately 40 years ago, Patricia, when the home help came into being, I thought it was a fantastic service to provide, especially for those who are housebound, those living alone, those who were so ill they couldn't cook for themselves. And the home help would come in the morning, and as uh, the echo journalist there said last week, Amy Paul, they do a light breakfast. Mm-hmm. A light breakfast, do a little bit of dusting, uh, light the fire, redress the bed. Um, to do little jobs around the house and the most important thing of all would be to have a little chat have a chat now the current situation is this that home helps their duty is that what they call um, personal care only just a shower of a person only and these people have so many clients they haven't got a time for effort to say good morning to the person they come off into their house now I think that's completely wrong, and I think that they have to go back to the old way of of the, the, the duties that the home helps had. Um, <clears throat> for instance, they can, they can light a fire. They can light the open fire. Yeah. But, there's a but there, the home help is not allowed to bring in buckets of coal from the yard. Now, it's laughable, because for the simple reason... <laughs> 
if there was a lady or a gentleman who could bring in a bag of coal or a spot a bucket of coal and they are they could stoop down to light the fire. They wouldn't need the home help in the first place. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's... And I'm putting pressure um on all public representatives to 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 put pressure on the Minister for Health or um, I mean, that would be Mr. Social Welfare. That's his department. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, I heard this months ago, and I, I, I quite honestly, I, I found it hard to to understand and believe it. So I went myself to the um, orthopedic hospital, where, where it's the headquarters for the home help for the north side of the city, and I said I wanted to get a home help at that time for an 86-year-old man. That was I was genuine about that, and the first thing that this person said to me, the first first thing, Paddy, it's personal care, uh, personal care only, now, and otherwise a shower, and that was it. You know, which so is, it's dressing, undressing, personal care, such as sh- sh- showering and getting in in and out of bed, but that's it. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that, that's that's just that's just it. And for instance, I know lots of elderly people I visit. And a lot, about eighty percent of the total population are on, are on some form of medication, and even younger people get confused and looking looking at the bottles and the jars and going how often to take them. <clears throat> These home helps have, cannot interfere with the better medication. And that was something else that traditionally the home help would do: make sure that whoever it was that they got their medicine in the morning. Yeah. You would imagine so. No, no, no medication. And is is the, the one big complaint that we get here to the program quite a lot, Paddy, is the time constraints is a big issue. For example, we've heard from people who were getting, say, an hour in the morning and an hour in the evening uh, for their mom or their dad or their grandmother or grandparent, yeah. and suddenly it's being cut back to thirty minutes. You're expecting somebody to go in and do yeah. like, how can you get somebody out of bed, showered? Dressed, expected to do that all in in thirty minutes. If it's a very frail elderly person, that's right. That's right. Is that this is something? And what's happening is this: I, I to balance their HC books to save money, they're victimising the elderly. That, that's the reality of the situation. Um, but I, we're told I'm, this I'm isn't a fu- speak- we're told I'm, this isn't a funding issue. We're told there's loads of money there, Paddy. Yeah. Well, we're told there's loads of money. But at the, at the same time, uh, two months ago, sorry, six weeks ago, they said there was a, a, a they were going to stop recruiting home helps, right? But in April, when I highlighted another situation with the home helps, the official reply from, from the uh, community care HSC Kerry and Cork, they said that they were unable to get home helps, but they were going to do a lot of advertising to recruit people. They can't get the and, workers. But at the same time. Three weeks after that, they made a statement that they were, they were, they were, they were putting on a barring order on recruiting home help. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen today's papers or not, but the examiner have a, a story of us here in Cork and uh, Kerry. Worst waiting lists when it comes to uh, HSE uh, for home, for, from the HSE here in the south. For Cork yeah. and Kerry, 1,648 people are awaiting for the provision of home care support. But what I thought was really interesting, it isn't reflected around the country. In Dublin, there's only 32 people on a yeah. waiting list, yeah. Yeah. compared they're, they're, to over 1,600 here in Cork. And last April, last April, last um, April, the figure they gave me was 1,473, that was 1,500. And there's nothing happening, they're doing nothing to to, um, to empl- employ people, 
uh, if they want to get good people, they put, got to pay them good good money. And at the end, is the elderly are suffering because the the reason I speak out for the elderly on the various issues for one reason only is to try and improve the quality of their life. The old elderly people listen to your program this morning. They can't pick up the phone and ring Patricia. They can't ring any station. They can't ring the Echo. They can't ring the Curryman. They can't. No. They're a, a silent section of a community, and they're just depending on the government to do the best they can for them. And at the moment, not enough has been done for them. It's totally inadequate what's been done for the people at the moment. And the um, home helps <coughs> themselves, uh, Paddy, the workers themselves. What do you hear from them? What are they saying to you? Well, what they're telling me is this, <coughs> that they have enough time. They don't have enough time and, and with a client. And they themselves said that they'd love to have a chat. But And having said, having made a statement there about that they're not doing things, some home helps are so kind, although they're not supposed to do it. They're doing but, it. But they would do the odd job or okay for the person. A simple thing, for instance, most home helps in the city now and through the country as well would have a, a, a car. Mm-hmm. And in normal practice was we use the name Mrs. Murphy. So the home help or the home care would come to Mrs. Murphy, she had her jobs done and then Mrs. Murphy would like to go to the church and say a prayer at this group baby say eleven o'clock or twelve at nine in the morning and the home help would drop her off. To the church. At, at the church. That's she cannot do that. She and and, and, and it's, it's, she can't allow the home help to come into the car. And I'm right in saying that for some people, Paddy, the home help is the only person they will see all day. That's for definite. That is for definite. And uh, and, and I, I made a statement recently that I've spoken to elderly people that who go three and four four days when I'm speaking to a person. I spoke to a lady about a month ago, she's 88 years of age, and she told me that she couldn't go for days speaking to anyone. And the only person she would speak to at night would be the person reading the news. I choose speak back just over her hair and voice. Because in the context, in that same context, the greatest single problem confronting elderly at this point in time, especially those who are living alone, is loneliness. And not because it's Christmas. There is lonely in the, the hottest day of the summer is, is there at Christmas time. And loneliness, Patricia, is like one of the conventional diseases that kills people. And loneliness... There's no cure for loneliness. They can't go to their GP to get medication. It's a silent disease, and the only cure for loneliness, and we all have it in ourselves, <clears throat> is the human touch, and that's visitation. And I've been saying for years and years, visit your elderly in your own area. Um, at this time of year, make some arrangements that you'll call in over the Christmas, befriend the person. Because a knock on the door to an elderly person living alone would mean so much. Uh, offer to bring an elderly couple or an elderly person to Mass on, on, on Sunday. There are t- elderly people go on for days and days without speaking to anyone whatsoever. Any other human being. And that's why the ones who have the home support worker coming in to them, uh, that person is their only human contact for many. Yep. They should be able to spend some time. We're not asking them to spend the whole morning, but it, I mean, give them enough time to be able to just have a, even like 15 minutes, uh, if it was allotted 15 minutes yeah. for them yeah, to sit yeah, and yeah, chat and have, have a cup of tea and with and them. Just, just to 
have a chat because most help, most home help sites face to them when they're complaining about the home help is not doing this, this and the other thing and they finish up and they've said there's no chat pipe Betty. Uh, and um, it's not the home help's fault. They've got to get out and, and get exactly, connected first. Exactly, All right. Exactly. I'm, all, I'm over on time. I've got to leave it there. Uh, you've opened up a debate for sure. Uh, Paddy, thank you for that. Uh, look after yourself and we'll yeah. talk again soon. God yeah. bless. Thanks, Thanks a million. Thank bye bye. That is a well known advocate for older people in Cork, uh, Paddy O'Brien. Uh, but as I say, today the figure 1,648 people waiting for the provision of home care packages here in Cork and uh, Kerry. But when you when you match that up against Dublin, if you're in Dublin's north city, just 32 people are waiting for the provision of uh, support. So they're obviously able to get workers in Dublin, but they're saying that they're finding it impossible to get workers uh, here. There has to be a solution. Ms. Liam in Blackpool is on saying, Hi Trish and the gang, could you please help me please with my query? Can cars travel up McCurtain Street towards Bridge Street and then cross over to Brewer Street? Um, and I checked with somebody who is in the city driving regularly because I wanted to be absolutely sure because in my mind's eye I was driving up McCurtain Street heading towards Bridge Street and I was like oh where do you go and yes you can uh, cross over to Cahabrua uh, Street at Leem and just a reminder to people that of course we met, we mentioned it last week that McCurtain Street now has gone two ways two ways you can go up and down McCurtain Street like it used to be. I think it was back in the 60s was the last time that it was like uh, that it just takes a while for people uh, to get used to it. A number of people saying great to hear Paddy O'Brien on the programme one saying, what a great man is Paddy O'Brien. He should get the freedom of Cork. He is a uh, saint. Has he ever been given the freedom of the city? Because he's been working on behalf of older people for many. I know he's picked up many, many accolades and many, many awards. I don't know if he ever got the freedom of the uh, city. Thank you for your text. And Neil says, hi, Patricia, listening to your interview there with Paddy O'Brien. My daughter is a home help. She works with the HSC and she's mentioned to me that because of the employment embargo, when a home help takes time off, that person's workload has to be shared by all of the other home helps. There are no staff in reserve to cater for those clients while that home help is not available. Also, some clients are only allocated 15 minutes, says Neil. God, I thought that, I thought hearing people saying that their hour had got reduced to 30 minutes was bad enough. What could you do? What job could you do in, in 15 minutes? You'd be ready in the door and have your coat off and you'd be getting ready to head away again. It's uh, it's crazy. And yeah, and that's the point there is that when home helps are either out sick or taking holidays, nobody uh, to cover uh, for them and the other home helps trying to pick up the uh, flack. But you add to that the 1,648 people who were awaiting the provision of a service uh, here in uh, Cork and the, the HSC are just saying that they can't get the staff. I know they rely on uh, the private companies as well, but there's just not enough people they say to do the job. But yes, as I mentioned, if you're in Dublin, it's a different kettle of fish. There's only 32 people uh, waiting. So that's not adding up uh, to me. 0818103103. I've been mentioning COP, the climate uh, summit on in Dubai and in particular. Uh, we broke what some people would see as good news is that Eamon Ryan didn't have to make that return flight get on the plane from Dubai come back to Dublin vote the no confidence motion on Helen McEntee then go back to the airport and head back to uh, Dubai, Dubai thinking of his carbon footprint in particular and just kind of how ironic it would be
especially when he's attending a summit that's to try to help with climate change and how we are destroying this beautiful world in which we live. Hi Patricia, isn't it ironic that all of the leaders from around the world are racking up major air miles to attend not just this summit but other summits like it. I fail to say say why. I fail to see why in the main. Those meetings that they hold, why can't they do those meetings via Zoom? It would save, save all the flying uh, it would say flying people all over the world and it also would keep politicians where they should be at home. And, you know, the same thought ran through my mind as well when I saw the number of people that are attending the COP28 uh, Climate Summit in Dubai. I mean, we learned a lot during the pandemic and one of the things we did learn was that business can continue and people can work from anywhere in the world once they have decent broadband access and they can jump online and they can have meetings and we have doctors visiting patients online. So why they can't hold meetings, I don't know. Maybe it's to do with too many people at the meeting. I don't know what the what the... They'd come up with some reason for that. But certainly, uh, I think some of the times when we're sending people around the world, is there any real need to do it when we have this wonderful facility and this wonderful technology where you, where you wouldn't even need to leave your own bedroom without having to talk to somebody else? So, yeah, I have to say I agree uh, with you. And just by the way, on the COP28 Climate Summit, it is continuing today in Dubai. And the debate, as I mentioned uh, yesterday, is going to talk about the necessity to phase out fossil fuel. And it's very much moving centre stage from uh, today. Uh, The UN Secretary General told the delegates that the science is clear that limiting global warming by 1.5 degrees will only be possible if fossil fuel usage is uh, stopped. Okay, and that's coming from the UN General Secretary and he's saying that the science is there. But over the weekend, you may have heard about a really, really heated debate with the Chair of the Elders and the Chair of the Elders is our own former President of Ireland, Mary Robinson. But there was a massive spat between her and the UAE President of COP20. He's a guy by the name of Sultan Ak Jabber and he told Mary Robinson he wouldn't enter a large discussions with her about the matter. He insisted that there's no science or no scenario that says phasing out fossil fuels is going to limit warming to 1.5 degrees. He also challenged the former Irish president to show him a roadmap for the phasing out of fossil fuels that would allow sustainable socio-economic development without taking the whole world back into the day of the caves and sending us all back to to the caves, which I I thought was just ludicrous argument that he made uh, to her. Uh, when already with the UN General Secretary saying the science is there, saying that we must limit our fossil fuels. And then I saw this morning Dr Tara Shine, she's CEO uh, for Change by Degrees, which is a sustainability uh, consultancy. And she said that she's less than surprised of, of this coming from him as he's in a conflicting role. He's acting both as the president of COP, which aims to stabilise our climate and ensure that we all have a safe climate into the future. But he also runs one of the biggest oil companies in the world. So she says he has a position of a conflict of interest 
right from the outset of the job and it goes back to the point I made I can't understand why it's even being held in the UEA when they are making so much money out of oil and uh, gas but it'll be interesting to see how Mary Robinson will defend her position because no better woman she'll be fantastic Now we spoke about passports earlier on with uh, Christopher O'Sullivan and the problems some people are having with uh, passports Jerry, it reminded Jerry in Skibbereen of a number of years ago, a group of them headed out to the States on a trip. And one of the guys travelling with them was his friend James. And when they got to passport control, there was a bit of hoo-ha over James's passport. And James got pulled aside and he was being questioned by passport control. Then Jerry says that the, as the group of friends, one of the control officers came over to Jerry and said, sorry, pointing to his friend James and said, what's that man's name? And Jerry said, I looked at him and said, that's James, that's our James, what's the cause of confusion? It turned out, and Jerry said, none of us, none of his friends knew that on his passport was the name which he was christened. And he was actually christened Mary. And he obviously didn't want us to know. And I'm assuming he was probably christened Mary James. uh, And because he didn't want any of his friends to know that he'd been christened Mary, he was always referred to as James. So there can be issues around passports. And that was, I think it was in the Marion year, um, back in the, sometime in the 50s. I'm open to correction when the Marion year was at 56. Anyway, it was in the 50s. There was a Marion year here in this country. And there was a number of boys who had Mary who were christened Mary not always christened their first name Mary but I I know I had a family member who was christened Patrick uh, Mary and he was born during the Marian year so it was it was actually something that was done but I, it was the first time I heard of somebody actually being christened uh, Mary and yeah of course it would come up then when, when you go through uh, passport uh, control uh, OK uh, thank you uh, for that and then just also on uh, passports Hi Patricia I agree that both parents names should be on the kids passport no reason why it can't be I never took my husband's name and I travelled to France and to Switzerland and absolutely no issue but I always do carry a copy of my children's birth certs in their passports just in case any issue uh, comes up I'm glad though checks are done because it's all about child uh, protection but it certainly would be simple enough to tidy it up uh, thanking you yeah and I think that's actually the point that Christopher was trying to make there is a simple solution uh, to this just having some facility on the passport where you would have both parents names 0818103103 let me go back to the issue of uh, home helps uh, where Carmel uh, joins me morning to Carmel Hi, how are you? Now, you're actually a home helper, a home home care supporter, isn't that what you're... Home care yeah, worker. home yeah. care assistant. Home care assistant, assistant. sorry, <laughs> sorry. The names change so often. We have uh, a very posh And by the way, do you mind being referred to as a home help if somebody says... Who hears no, no, you don't. Okay, that's all right. That's good no. to get that. Out. Now you've been not listening. Not. I don't know if you were listening to Paddy O'Brien uh, talking about I was what can. I... To me. That's yeah. why I rang down Paul. Okay, what... because the point I'm trying to make is, if we were, if we, if I got out of bed tomorrow morning and didn't do, or no, hold me on to put it properly. The things we're not allowed to do now are absolutely ridiculous. You know, you're not supposed to light the fire, you're not supposed to wash the cups, you're not supposed to do anything at all, supposed to be personal care. Now, these old people, they wait for us to come in. Okay. They look forward to us coming in. And naturally, you'd make them a cup of tea and you'd put down the fire. 
I most of the helps that I work with do that, even though we're not supposed to do it. But I just think the whole HSC thing is gone. Is gone. As in, there's no caring there anymore. Like the personal touch. Yeah. Now, how long have you been a home help? Two thousand and seven. And has it changed? And back in two thousand and seven, were you allowed to do? Um, yeah, we were allowed to do everything back then. And when did it change? It changed, I suppose, about seven years ago. Do you know why? I have no idea why, but I think it's an absolute disgrace. Because me personally, I do what I'm not supposed to do. But I wouldn't come out of a house and see a man or a woman inside there with no fire lighting or you know, nothing to eat or anything like that. Yeah, because it, it it says, okay, under under the support, you, you could, the tasks you can do, dressing or undressing, personal care such as showering and getting the person in and out of bed. So, okay, you go into a frail elderly person and you get them up, you give them a wash and you get them out of bed. So the HSC are saying to you, you then walk away without even making them maybe a slice of toast or a Correct. cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but if they weren't able to do that themselves, are they expecting somebody, a family? Well, I personally do it. Okay, but you're not meant to do it. I'm not meant to do it. And I think that's just cruel because I have two elderly parents myself and I wouldn't want them to be treated like that the way the HSC are telling us to do our job like. What a lovely way to look at it. What a lovely, lovely way uh, to look at it. It, it, is, it really is uh, quite heartbreaking. The other issue is the length of time that they're, they're cutting back on how long you can stay in the house. Has that happened to you? Well, I have. I... I have to drive 12 miles for a half an hour and 12 miles back. For 30 minutes? For 30 minutes. So I don't know. And what planet does that make sense? And you expected to go into the house and get a person up, dressed, washed? Up, dressed, washed and out and gone in 30 minutes and drive 12 miles home again. And in reality, how long do you spend in that house? Oh, I'd be there up to an hour. Would you? But you only get paid for 30 minutes. Yeah, but I, I, I'm just that type of person that I just, you know, I just like to keep people happy, you know. I, 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 I just couldn't walk out on them, like. Yeah, but that's... But they, yeah, they badly want to wake up, like. And then the other issue is the 1,648 people who are awaiting the provision of a service. Can they not get yeah. work? Can they not get workers? Does nobody want to do the job anymore? I'd say not because it's gone to, it's gone to, what's the word I'm looking for? It's lost I the personal know. touch. Like I, for, for instance, now, I started work last Friday at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I didn't finish until 20 to 10 on Friday night. But I had gaps in between that. Yeah. But you can't do anything then because you're watching the clock the whole time. Exactly. And then my five o'clock call, I could have gone. I was watch- I wanted to go to drums with my grandchild to do a bit of shopping. And I had a call at five o'clock. And I went down to the call at five o'clock. And there came out to me and they said, what are you doing here? And I said, why? 
the man was going to interest by it. I don't want to hold you. Nobody told me. I was so fast. Uh, do you get paid then when he goes into respite? Oh no, once he goes into respite, you don't know. But I'll get paid for for going down fight, all right? Because they didn't tell me. Because it's their fault, yeah, yeah. Mm. And when you say you were you were on duty eight, eight in the morning, it was was it was, it was your first call, and then you finished yeah. up at twenty. How many hours would you have been paid for during that during that time period? About six, that's Six hours. But yet you were on you were on on duty on call from eight a.m. until until twenty, 20 to 10. ten. I came in home. It's crazy. It's crazy. And you wonder why people. It's 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 not exactly a job people would want. To, that young people would want to do for sure. So, but no young person is going to put put in those hours and only get paid for six. No. Yeah. No. All right. All right. Listen, uh, Karma. We need more home helps uh, like you. Keep doing what what you're doing. And uh, thanks for joining us this morning. All right. Take care. Take much. care. Bye bye. 0818 uh, 103 103. Lines are open. C103 Jobs. Tria Oil have a vacancy for a truck driver. It's a multi drop rigid or Arctic deliveries to domestic and commercial customers in the Clonakilty and Bandon areas. Uh, email careers at tria.ie or call 087 a full-time person is wanted for servicing vending machines with cold drinks and snacks. Company vehicle will be provided. It's in the North Cork area. Call 87 9728 Cooks and chefs are wanted for full and part-time positions at Cafe Townhouse in Donorail. Email for the attention of Maura to townhousedonorail at gmail.com. And the Donkey Sanctuary in Escaro, they've got a vacancy for a new arrivals groom. Full job description and application details are available on their website, which is thedonkeysanctuary.org.uk. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. cmig.ie. Now, between now and the big day, you will see a number number of charity appeals, especially collections to help families with children this Christmas. Well, a small family-run clothing company based in Glenmire are running a toy appeal with their local little store. And Eric Frost of Be Kind Apparel joins me uh, to tell us all about it. Uh, good morning to you, Eric. Good morning, Patricia. How are you? I'm very Thanks for having us. Oh, I, you're, you're more than welcome to the programme and I'm intrigued by your company and I will talk to you about your company in a moment. But talk to me first about the toy appeal. I believe you, you decided to run it last year. How did it come about and how did it go last year? Yeah, so I suppose, look, our, our clothing brand is all about sort of uh, carrying out those everyday moments of kindness that make a difference to people. Um, and so a big part of what we do is we try to look for opportunities to invest in initiatives in our local community that have a positive impact on other people. Um, so so last year we were trying to think of what we could do around Christmas time and uh, the idea came to us to have a toy appeal. So um, so we got in touch with one of the big supermarkets here in Glanmire and uh, the, the gang down in Little here locally, fantastic bunch of people, um, were, were more than happy to provide us with a space in the supermarket to collect toys for uh, for families and, and children around around Cork City and County. So we did that last year. It was a huge success and um, got a lot of toys to a lot of families that would need it. Um, and we're running it again this year. So we've been collecting since the 
start of November and we'll continue collecting up until the 12th of December. And like Patricia, just just, just to say to, to people at Cork, like the, the response has been like absolutely phenomenal. The amount of toys that are being collected and uh, the amount of food that's being donated for, for families that might need it this Christmas. Um, we've kind of been blown away by it. That's um, but we're just trying Actually, to get that, that, that final push on. Yeah, that's interesting. It's not just toys. Are you, are you making up hampers or something as well? So the, there, there's a split. So the toys would go to St. Vincent de Paul and then the food will, will often either go to Cork Penny Dinners or, or the food will go into the, the normal hampers that the St. Vincent de Paul would do for, for families at Christmas and, and, and families all around the year. So, um, Brilliant. so there's, you know, there's kind of a good, good use for everything that's being donated at the moment. Yeah, and both of those charities there, Vincent de Paul and uh, Cork Penny Dinners, do such wonderful work, particularly at Christmas time. So, uh, so you, you've picked, you've certainly picked uh, two good charities. And and Eric, do you feel the need is even greater this year? I mean, the cost of living really seems to be biting hard uh, this year for people again. Yeah, I mean that, that's very true. And uh, look, I think that, I think there's a need every year, but but I, I agree with you. I think I think times are, are a bit tough at the moment for people. Um, and I suppose look, our attitude is if there's if there's any small thing that we can do to try and make a difference, um, then we're happy to be doing that. And and look, there's 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 a huge number of people involved in this. You've got the team in Lidl, you've got ourselves, you've got St Vincent de Paul, um, you've got a broader Glamour toy appeal that runs every year as well. So Ursula and the team there have been hugely supportive. So there's 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 a bunch of people locally that have come together to try and make a real difference for families um, and like you said it's probably needed this year as much as any other year you know okay and you're leaving it up to people uh, to go out and buy a toy any toy for any age group whatever the person fancies and thinks a little child might like on christmas morning and just drop it into little and glamour Exactly, you're spot on. And, you know, I mean, the, the guys in St. Vincent de Paul are, you know, they know their families very well and, and they know what sort of the, the little ones are kind of looking for this Christmas. So, so they're really good at sort of identifying the right toy for, for the right child and things. But uh, absolutely nothing will go to waste. So if anyone um, is so inclined to pick up a toy and drop it in, um, it will go to a really good home and will make a difference to a family this Christmas, you know. Well done. Well uh, well done. Now, your company, Be Kind Apparel, uh, it's, it, it's relatively new. I think it was to 2021 uh, when it was uh, set up. Talk to me about the background to it. It's you, your wife and your brother. Yes, absolutely. I know they say maybe you shouldn't, uh, you know, mix uh, mix sort of the family with with the business side of things, but but thankfully it's it's going okay so far. Um, yeah, I suppose the, the business came about during COVID, um, when you know, even though it was such a difficult time for so many people, and we all remember it well, um, what we saw was the best in people. So we saw the genuine kindness and decency that exists in us all. We saw people looking out for their neighbours. We saw people uh, going above and beyond for for friends, for family, for strangers to make sure that people were doing okay and so we kind of thought well how, how do we keep this idea going long after covid is gone and so the idea of of having a clothing brand that represents your most heartfelt values and that is a, a genuine belief in in the difference simple moments of everyday kindness can make to people um that's that's what the brand is all about and, and it was actually inspired by covid so um it's a really positive message and people seem to really resonate with it. And, you know, we just want to get it out there as much as possible and for people to see it and identify with it. OK, what do you sell? So we sell ethically uh, and sustainably manufactured uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, T-shirts, beanies, the usual leisure wear items. And um, so they're, they're, they're fun, they're colourful and they're a relaxed fit. And, and again, it just gives people the opportunity to wear a piece of clothing that reflects their values. Yeah. Um, and again, that, that, that's just this idea that, you know, moments of kindness can create connections between us all. 
Um, you know, lots of us at times can feel disconnected. We might be struggling with our mental health. The idea that people might be rocking around in a, a brand that is, is about sort of fundamental, decent values, looking out for one another is, uh, is something we're really passionate about. It's brilliant. You know? it's brilliant. I was on your website over the weekend. It's it's, it's, it's fab and, and the colours are, are gorgeous uh, in the various sweatshirts and uh, T-shirts. And I love the fact that they're ethically produced. Where, where do you source the clothing? So we work with a wholesaler in the UK. Uh, the products are manufactured in Bangladesh. But but I suppose one of the one of the, one of the most important things for us when we set up the company was we needed to make sure that everything was certified for its organic cotton content, which means it's more sustainable, uses less water, less chemicals. And then the other piece was that all the factories have to be fairware certified, which is the international gold standard for uh, ethical manufacturing and workers' uh, conditions in manufacturing facilities. So I think if anyone buys anything from us, they can they can have real confidence in terms of where the product is coming from and the values that that product represents. Well done, because we've got, we've and we've addressed it here in the program. We so have to move away from this idea of fast fast fashion. And uh, you got a question if you if you're picking up a, a sweatshirt for three euro, you have to question where was that and how was that produced. You know. Exactly. Yeah. And look, we, we've all been there. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not, I, you know, I, I wear clothing from from other brands. Of course, I do. You know, and sometimes uh, needs must. You know, but but you know, if if this is something that's important to you in terms of the sustainability and the ethics behind where you get your clothing, then uh, then then we'd like to think that we're we're a, we're a good option for people. You okay. know, and like you said, it's really colourful. It's it's kind of fun clothing. It's clothing for everyone, um, and it carries a really nice message. And how, how is the business doing for you, Eric? It's going well. Um, I mean, it's it's it, it's ups and downs. I think anyone who's started a small business will know that you know you go through good periods and, and lots of challenging periods. Um, it's 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 been really positive recently. Obviously, Christmas is a busy time of year for us, so we've been at the uh, pavilion in the Ballygarvan. So the Christmas market's there the last couple of weekends. We'll be there this weekend again, and then we're planning to be in the Marina Market in a couple of weeks time so um so it's been really positive but you know what 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 what's what's really cool for us is that yes people love the products they love the colors they love the idea um but it's actually the idea that you can wear a piece of clothing that reflects values that are really important to you is increasingly something that people care about um and so that's what we're finding when we meet people in person that that's really the thing that uh, that that people identify with, you know. So it's been really positive. It's brilliant. It is. It's brilliant. Okay. And your toy appeal is on now. Little in uh, Glenmire, and people could drop it. You see, you want items in by the twelfth, so that it can be distributed then to the families that need it the most. Exactly. So the 12th of December is the cutoff point for the Toy Appeal and then we'll get those out to families. And if anyone's looking for more information on the Toy Appeal, you can go to our website, which is bekindapparel.ie. You'll find all the information about the Toy Appeal and all the information about our products and, and, and all of the other things that we're doing because we've big ideas for for uh, 2024. So, um, yeah. yeah, exciting times ahead. Best of luck and keep in contact with us. Uh, it's great to see uh, a young business like that get off the ground uh, and at the same time trying to give back. It's, uh, it's, it's a credit to you. Listen, uh, thanks for that, Eric. I really enjoyed our chat. Good luck with it. Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks a million. Bye bye. Bye bye. That is uh, Eric Frost of Be Kind uh, Apparel. Uh, check out their website there. Their stuff really, really looks gorgeous. Um, and Lidling Glanmire, if you want to pop in any toys or any food that will go on to uh, local Vincent de Paul and also to the wonderful Katrina Toomey at Penny Dinners. And it's time for our monthly catch up with the Citizens Information Centre. I'm off to Mallow where I'm joined by Karen Crowley. Uh, good morning to you, Karen. Morning. And you're very welcome uh, to the programme. Any new developments since information since we last spoke? Yes, 
we're actually delighted to announce that our Mallow Centre, starting in the new year, the Office of the Ombudsman will be running a drop-in clinic from Mallow CIC from 10 until 12 on the second Wednesday of every month. And during these clinics, you can meet staff from the Office of the Ombudsman, get information on making complaints or just discuss a complaint you have made. So if you have an issue you'd like to talk to them about, please drop in. You don't need to make an appointment. And as always, CIC is on the first floor in Market Square. We're underneath the NDLS and we're right in the heart of Mallowtown. OK, that's excellent. That's a really, really a good and a positive mood. Now, as I've been uh, mentioning all morning, it is that time of the year when people are out buying uh, Christmas presents for families and friends. You want to give us some advice of what we need to keep in mind uh, during, during and uh, after the festive period. This is on our consumer rights. Well, the new Consumer Rights Act that came into force at the end of 2022 brings about a number of positive changes for our consumers. So everybody has stronger rights to redress for faulty goods, including the straightforward option of cancelling a faulty purchase within 30 days for a full refund. There is greater accountability for service providers, requiring tradespersons and vendors to provide tangible redress if services are not up to the agreed standard. There's also a ban on fake reviews, which we all know are out there, mm-hmm. with businesses prohibited from posting or paying others to post fake reviews for their products, as well as new rules for online marketplaces like eBay, Amazon and Etsy, which will have to meet transparency requirements on search rankings and seller details. Now, protection for consumers of digital content and services also includes the right to software updates. I know that's all a mouthful, but okay. that's what it is. But there, are, there are new rights and that's, that is the main thing. Now, many people will give gift vouchers, the idea being, don't know what to get you, so I'm giving you a gift voucher instead. What are the rules around gift vouchers? Well, the gift voucher, as you know, is a voucher given as a present that you can exchange for goods or services. Legislation came in for gift vouchers in 2019 and setting out the rules. So it states that a gift voucher must have no expiry date or be valid for at least five years. The trader cannot specify that a gift voucher is spent in one transaction. The trader cannot charge a fee to change the name on a gift voucher. If the remaining balance on the gift voucher is more than one euro after you buy something with it, the trader must reimburse the balance to you. They can give you cash, make an electronic transfer or give you another gift voucher. Now, for those of you who have older gift vouchers and gift cards sold before the 2nd of December 2019, that's when the new legislation would have come in, the expiry period and the terms and conditions that applied at that time of purchase apply to those vouchers. Yeah, so some of those those vouchers could be out of date and that was a real bugbear for so many people because sometimes the the sell-by date might be as little as six months. It was really, really annoying. Okay, for people who are shopping online, what sort of protection do we have? So we have a great new line of defence for online shoppers and this has been launched ahead of the busy festive shopping season. It's a multi-agency initiative called Check My Link. It's a tool which will quickly and easily inform consumers of the legitimacy of a website to help them shop in confidence. It comes at a time of rising online fraud and cybercrime, which I know we're all sick of, both in Ireland and around the world, with scams being ever more sophisticated, including the creation of counterfeit websites designed to steal personal and financial information. So how does Check My Link work? So Check My Link is a new security tool which has been 
built by MTU, CyberSkills, in collaboration with Scam Advisor and on Garda Síochána. Its main aim is to help shoppers detect if a particular site is safe to visit and free from things like malware, viruses and scams. So all you need to do is visit check.cyberskills.ie and enter the address of the website that you're looking to buy from. And Check My Link will advise if it's a safe place to shop in the form of a report that will be generated in just a few seconds. If the site comes back as being legitimate, you can have confidence that it's a safe site to transact with. And I suppose they, they have a little catchphrase that while we're all familiar with the term click and collect and shopping online, we should now start getting used to check, click and collect. collect yeah, yeah, and we've, we've tried it out here at the radio station. It's great. It's a fantastic uh, yeah. initiative. Now, what happens if I buy outside the EU? So if you buy from business outside of the EU, be sure to read the T's and C's on the website for details of any import taxes or additional charges that you may have to pay, for example, VAT or customs charges. This can apply to purchases from UK businesses as well. Yeah, we we have a tendency to forget that the EU is, uh, thanks to Brexit, uh, the UK is now outside of the EU. OK, outline those custom char- charges, please. So you may have to pay VAT if an item comes from the UK or outside the EU. You may have to pay further customs charges if the item has a value of €150 or more if it comes from the UK or outside the EU. Customs and VAT will be collected either at source from the website, I think Amazon can do that, or you will receive a notification from the courier and will have to pay this before delivery can happen. Now, obviously, don't click on any link or text message regarding additional charges for tax. We've all gotten them, and generally they're not from a legitimate source. So if you want to check if you owe VAT or customs on a product, ask the original supplier or the courier or the post office directly. Yeah, yeah, there's so many. I'm getting them on a daily basis, and I think the scammers know that we're buying online more, so they know that we might be waiting on a package, so they think that's the way that they're going to dupe us into clicking on the link. And then what's the what right to redress if I purchase something and it's faulty? If you have a problem with something that you have bought, it's always the seller who must put things right. So there are stronger rights to redress for faulty goods than previously under the new Act. And this includes the straightforward option of cancelling a faulty purchase within 30 days for a full refund. And what do I do if I'm not satisfied with the quality of the product or the service? If you feel the product is faulty or you're not happy with the service, you should return the item to the seller, not the manufacturer. Act as soon as you can as a delay can indicate you've accepted faulty products. Don't attempt to repair the item yourself or give it to anyone else to repair it. Make sure you've proof of purchase, for example, a receipt, or if you've lost the receipt, like, you know, we all do, Mm -hmm. a credit card statement will do instead. For services, keep all evidence of damage caused by poor work, so you'll take photos. And if a product is faulty, this is actually really important to note, if a product is faulty within six months of purchase, it is assumed the problem existed when you received oh, it. That's interesting. And are there situations where I cannot avail of a refund, repair or even a replacement? You may have no grounds for redress if you say you were informed about the defect before you bought the item. So if the goods are marked shop soiled or the car dealer told you a part needed replacing on a second hand vehicle. You also not have no right to redress if the damage is caused by your own misuse or negligence. So if the fault appears six or if the fault appears six months after it was received, you may have to prove that it was not caused by you. And obviously, if you made a mistake when buying the item, for example, buying a black dress instead of a navy or entering the wrong dates for a flight. Also, if the fault is superficial 
and you examine the item before you bought it and should have seen the defect, then you won't have a right to redress there either. OK, now if I buy something in the shop and then I bring it home and I change my mind, can I go back to that shop and say, look, change my mind, I want a full refund, please? You're not automatically entitled to a refund from returning an item you bought in the shop because you've changed your mind. If there's nothing wrong with the item, then you have no legal right to return the goods. Whether or not you can get your money back very much depends on the seller's return policy. However, most sellers do voluntarily allow customers to return or replace goods during a certain time period. The seller may offer you a refund, exchange or credit note as a goodwill gesture. For this reason, definitely you should check what the seller's returns policy is before you buy. If the seller does accept returns, then there's usually an obligation that you make sure the items are in good condition, the original labels and tags are attached, and you can provide proof of purchase. Yeah, and usually the local independent stores, you'll know the people working there, and and that's why I always think about shopping locally. If if something goes wrong like that and you've changed your mind, you will be uh, looked after. What if I get a gift um, that I don't like? What do I do? Some, Some shops will exchange an item if you receive it as a gift and want to exchange it for something else. But in this case, you will need the receipt or a gift receipt from the person who gave it to you. There's no legal requirement for shops to exchange unwanted gifts. And if you're buying... So basically, on- you can be stuck with it. Yeah. If you're buying online, you, you do have more rights. The Consumer Rights Directive gives you extra rights when you buy online from sellers based in Ireland and other EU countries. So under the CRD, you have 14 calendar days to change your mind without having to give a reason. This right to cancel is also known as the cooling off period. These rights don't apply to deals where you buy from a private individual or if you buy from a trader based outside the EU. And then your rights when you shop in the sales? Shopping rights were strengthened by the Consumer Rights Act 2022. When buying in the sales at a reduced price, you have exactly the same rights and protections as you do if you buy at full price any other time of the year. And what, what if the, you buy something in the sale and it's faulty? If the fault occurs within 30 days of buying the product, you can cancel the purchase and get a full refund. The refund must be the actual price you paid. If you no longer have your receipt but paid for the item with your card, then again, a card statement will do. A business can only repair or replace the product if you agree to that instead of a refund. That's one of the new rules. Always contact the business first if something goes wrong. Your contract is with the business who sold you the goods and nobody else. And you have rights and faulty goods if a business fails to meet their legal obligations to you. Okay, and then misleading sales pricing? Ah, yes. <laughs> the CCTC research has yeah. revealed that three out of five shoppers are motivated by discounts. Like, let's face it, it's a saving. We all go home with that in our tongue. It's important that businesses are honest and don't mislead you into thinking you're getting a better deal than you actually are. So, seller cannot discount a product from a price it was never on sale for or hike the price up for a few days, then advertise a discount based on that artificial charge. So when running campaigns like Christmas sales, businesses must set their discounts based on the lowest price the product was on sale for during the previous 30 days. All goods on sale must now show this price prior price. So if you see a laptop in the Black Friday sale was 600 and is now 400 it must have actually been available for 600 or over throughout the previous 30 days. The new regulations make it illegal for businesses to give a false or misleading previous price. Okay, and people can report to the CCPC? Yeah, they absolutely can, and the CCPC can take enforcement action if you find that a business has misled you. Okay, so there's a lot of information uh, there. People can contact you directly at the um, Citizens Information Centre, Karen? They can call into us here or check our website, citizensinformation.ie, if you're looking for general information. If you're looking for something more specific, call in. We will go through your situation, try and guide you in the 
right direction as best we can. And as always, the service is free and confidential. Callers can contact us here in Mallow on 0818078000 or Bantry on 0818078390. And we are happy to take calls at any time and we hope everybody has an absolutely fabulous Christmas. And listen, many happy returns and we'll talk to you in the new year, Karen. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Karen Crowley of Citizens Information in uh, Mallow. You're listening to C103's Cork Today podcast. Phone and text lines are currently closed. C103's Christmas coverage with Super Value gift cards, perfect for every occasion. Available in store or online for e-gift cards that can be sent with a personal message. Search Super Value gift card. And today is day one of us giving away in total. €5,000 worth of Super Value gift cards every day. Uh, somebody's going to walk away with a €500 Euro voucher. We need to get a qualifier. I asked you to text in WhatsApp and you did in huge numbers. And we're going to Dunmanway to Mary McCarthy. Good morning to you, Mary. Hi, Trish. How are you getting on? I'm very good. Uh, you, good. you could do with €500 Euro to spend in Super Value, could you? Very badly. Could you? So badly, Trish, we're broke to the rope. I, <laughs> and are you feeling festive cheer at the moment? Are you full I of am. Christmas spirit? Oh, I am indeed, especially with the music you're playing, which is great. You know, we'll be hopping around the place listening to it. Yeah, it's great. Great have, festivity around, you know? Have you the Christmas tree up yet? I have. have and you? we went to see Santa yesterday. Did you? So, yeah. <laughs> Much excitement. Okay. Now, I've yeah. got a question for you. It's a simple enough question. We want to know... Who stole Christmas? Was it A, the Grinch, or B, Santa? A, the Grinch. <laughs> I did. I did say. I did say it was very, very simple. Well you done. Did, Trisha, well you done. Did indeed. Okay, you did so indeed. that now means you join the qualifier that was on with Ken this morning. Yeah. You go forward to a draw. Keep your phone on because yeah. after six o'clock today, Martina will be winning back, ringing back one of the finalists from today, okay. and it could be you. Okay. Great, Trisha. Have a great day. Fingers bye crossed. Bye. Fingers crossed. Bye bye. That is uh, Mary McCarthy from Don Manway. Our latest qualifier for our Christmas uncovered. Nick, by the way, will be doing it again this afternoon, getting another qualifier. Then Martina will do it and then she will make the call. Best of luck to everybody and you'll have more opportunities across this week and across next week to win because in total we're giving away €500 Euro worth of super value vouchers with the C103's Christmas covered. And of course, you can check out and purchase your own super value gift cards. Perfect for all occasions. They're available in store, online for e gifts and by the way the e-gifts can be sent with a personal message you simply search Super Value gift cards uh, um, only on C103 now let me catch up with a lot of calls and comments coming in let's see how many of them we can get through for now uh, let me go back up because I'm scrolling through the screen here because so many have come in uh, this morning ok on Christopher O'Sullivan I was speaking with Christopher Sullivan and we were talking about the passport uh, issue but at the end I mentioned about Helen McEntee and Helen McEntee facing a vote of no confidence tomorrow and Christopher uh, says admitted that things could be done and we need to do better and he was talking with regards to Angarda Shiakona. Well that got Jura in Ahada going and he says listening to Christopher and he's saying we can do better. It's people's lives that are at stake here. Why are so many Irish people leaving our shores if we're actually doing okay? Now 
manager has a daughter who is a teacher and she can only get work here and there. She can't get a full-time position, which I'm shocked by because we're hearing there are so many schools looking for and have teaching posts that people aren't even applying for. But Jer says his daughter is unable uh, to find full-time work. She now is considering leaving the country, as are so many others. He says when it comes to this vote of no confidence in the Minister for Justice, Helen McEntee, tomorrow, he says, I feel she should go. When the American tourist was attacked during the summer, she said the streets were safe. Clearly, they're not. So I feel she needs to go. But of course, as we now know, the problem is that if they, the government fail in the confidence vote in Helen McEntee, it will trigger an automatic general election. It's a general election that will have to happen uh, over Christmas and into the new year. And I don't know how many, certainly none of the politicians have the appetite uh, for that. Uh, Mick reckons there shouldn't be a vote of no confidence in Helen McEntee. He feels it's Sinn Féin because it's the Sinn Féin party who are proposing it. They are, are up to their usual tricks. Um, the, he feels it's because their support is down and they know it and that's why they're going for the vote of no confidence. 0818103103. A reminder, by the way, that Annalise Drissel, our nutritional therapist, will be joining us. So the text message and the WhatsApps are now free. If you've got a question for Annalise, you can get it into 086 or you can call John Paul, even though the phone lines have been busy. So if you want to text or WhatsApp, it may be easier. Now, on home care and home care workers that we spoke about earlier on with Paddy O'Brien, number of people have contacted us uh, on this issue, including Hannah, who does work in home support and she works for the HSC. Shall I go into houses uh, where people think we are housekeepers and we're not? We're trained to do our job and our job is to give personal care. If we did give somebody a lift to the church, which was suggested by Paddy O'Brien, what happens if that person fell getting in or out of the car? It would be then our fault and that's why we can't do it. It's an insurance issue. I've gone into houses where I have cleaned out uh, the fire and a member of the family was sitting there. Couldn't be bothered cleaning out the fire. Paddy mentioned about the home helps doing a bit of dusting and a bit of cleaning but really, come on. Families look down at home helps, says Hannah. Home support is meant to be just a backup. So many parents Pensioners, not all, but a number of them are on good pensions. They could well afford cleaners. Home helps and home supports are not cleaners. They're there for personal care only. Orla says, Orla worked in home support and would love for Paddy O'Brien to travel with her in her car every day. We only get allocated a certain amount of time to work in each home and we have to call to a certain amount of people. Well, in fairness to Paddy, he did say that the home care supporters, home care assistants are under so much pressure because of the number of clients they have and because they're not allocated enough time. So he would agree with you uh, on that one. Michael says, Hi Patricia, I was listening to the lovely, caring home health home care assistant Carmel it makes my blood boil how elderly people and their carers are being treated with all the money that is saved by keeping people out of long term care how much happier people are to be living in their own homes for as long as possible is it any wonder that people are in hospital much longer with this kind of crazy carry on what can a person do in a half an hour the waste of money in so many other areas is unreal and this is how we treat our most vulnerable people 
it says a lot about the powers that be uh, be doesn't it and that's from uh, Michael Lorraine says there is no need for all the paperwork and the training and the courses that are involved in order for people to reach a certain fee tech level before they can apply as a home care assistant it's just for somebody to pop in and check on an elderly person they should be able to take people straight from the social welfare live register and get them to go and work as home helps. Mary said I am a home support worker. For us to have a holiday we need to find our own cover and then once a month we must work a weekend which means we end up working 12 days straight once a month when the weekend is involved. It's not on. I think that's just down to there isn't enough home care uh, workers. Hi Patricia I was a home care worker for two years while I was in college. The amount we were allowed, not allowed to do was crazy and during COVID COVID, those elderly people had nobody else. There were some people who needed much more time and then some who didn't need half the time and some who, when they needed you, you couldn't possibly schedule in everything that was asked of uh, you. So the whole system needs to be overhauled. And then Anne says, Morning Patricia and listeners, could I please comment on your care in the home section of the programme? I'm a caregiver and I work for a lovely private company. We cover HSE clients and we also cover our private clients in their own homes. It is the nicest and most rewarding job that I have ever done. It's also very flexible. I drop my children to school before 9am in the morning and then I work until they finish at 3pm and I do that Monday to Friday. Okay, so the pay rate is nothing to shout about, but the joy and the happiness we can bring to our lovely clients is absolutely priceless. I would highly recommend this career to everybody and urge anyone thinking about caring to take the steps today to to make a ch- major change in someone's daily life. Making that change in the daily life of an elderly person who themselves could have contributed so much to society is truly humbling. I adore all of my lovely clients and I have a fantastic work-life balance thanks to the lovely company that I'm currently working with. My elderly clients are so grateful for all and any of the help that they receive and this is hugely rewarding and it gives me a great sense of pride in what I do. Thank you. I'm wishing you and your listeners a magical Christmas. Isn't that gorgeous? Thank you, Anne. That really is a lovely, lovely message and somebody's summing up the satisfaction you can get out of doing that kind of work because it is, it's basically, it's caring. It's a, it's a caring, caring job. Uh, well done. And I think Carmel, who joined us earlier, summed it up as well in how she spoke so eloquently about the work that she does. 0818 103 103. We are in particular looking for questions, please, for Annalise Drussell, our nutritional therapist. You can get them into John Paul or you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council reminding you to support local when choosing gifts this Christmas. The Mallow Field Club, they're launching their journal number 41. It's been launched at 8 o'clock tonight in the Hibernian Hotel. Admission is free and all are welcome. The Cork Lions Club, now they're running an online auction. It's in aid of their Christmas food appeal. Bidding opened from this morning and it closes at midnight next Friday. Proceeds from the food appeal go towards the distribution of over 500 food hampers to deserving families. To register for their auction, you can go to www.corklinesclub.ie Bingo's on in Shambhali Moor Community Centre. That will be tomorrow night with a jackpot of uh, €3,050. 
and Castle Marsher Senior Club will hold their 10th annual cookery demonstration in the community centre this Wednesday at 8 with local chef Hazel Burke. Mission 10 Europe, uh, which will include a booklet with all of Helen of Hazel's recipes and methods used on the night. Everyone is very welcome. And Donnerill Choir, they're recruiting new members. If you can sing or play a musical instrument, you can join their Christmas choir practice on Wednesdays at 7 in Donnerill Presentation Pastoral Centre. Practice is then ongoing every Wednesday thereafter. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. And keep your questions coming in for Annalise, please. I can see some coming in already. Uh, keep them coming in. She will be joining me in a couple of minutes. You can send them in by text message or by phone. Somebody says just with regards to home help that we've been talking about uh, the issue this morning. Uh, somebody says, if a person can't prepare their own food, let alone make a sandwich or a slice of toast at breakfast, how can anybody say they're fit and safe? to uh, live at home. Well, you know, in many cases they will have some family members who are popping in and out to them and the home help are there as support to back up family members. But there are people who are living completely on their own and their home help can be the only people uh, that they actually uh, see. But, you know, is that the reason that we send somebody off to a nursing home just because... Uh, people want to stay at home. I mean, that's most elderly people. When you speak to them, they want to stay at home. And if they can do that with a bit of extra support, then surely we need to put everything in place uh, to do that uh, for them. Thank you for your text to 0862103103. Now, there was huge festive fun at Porky Creeve last week as uh, children who are or have been at, in hospital attended a Christmas party. The Cork City Hospital Children's Club, which is a wonderful, wonderful group, they host this and it was their first one back. They obviously had to pause during the pandemic and the man of the season, Santi, was there. And the morning started off with an emergency services convoy from Nemo Rangers. We sent our reporter, Stephen Fox, and he sent us this report. I am Fiona and I am a staff nurse in the emergency department in Cork University Hospital. It's an ongoing tradition that the Cork City Hospital Children's Club have done for years with COVID and everything. We have had a few years that we haven't been able to do anything but an extremely magical event in that we cater for kids of all needs, disabilities, bring down, make them feel special, plenty of characters to meet. We have a lovely school that sings them in. We have a fantastic escort that get involved in the morning and bring them down in fire engines and ambulances and guard cars. They're met with characters, pop Patrol and Spider-Man on arrival then they're brought up and there's music and a DJ and we have clowns that play with them and we have a party room and then they obviously get to meet Santa and Mrs Claus as well as the, the final event, the main event. So it's probably running for at least 10 years anyway. So I'm probably doing it about six or seven but it was definitely running before yeah. even I got yeah, involved. Sure. How do you select the kids? It totally varies. All the volunteers involved in the club are you know, involved in all different agencies and it's people that might know someone, people that might refer people in and recommend people in things that we might read in media and I suppose it's just that we have a a vast range of volunteers dotted throughout the county and everyone might refer someone it's fabulous and we're very grateful to Porky Cueve for giving us such an amazing venue today making it extra special and everyone I suppose that has helped make this day possible and everyone that has given, donated, big or small we couldn't do it without them all and all the volunteers so we're just very grateful (laughs) 
my name's Keanu Sullivan. I'm here with my wife Nikki and my two kids, Elena and Alex. It's our first year coming to this. Our small fella there, Alex, he spends a bit of time in hospital between CUH and Crumlin. He has a rare bleeding disorder called Glanzman thrombosthenia. There's a couple of people in Ireland that have it. It's basically a clotting disorder. So their blood doesn't clot, so if they get a bleed or anything like that. So Alex spends quite a bit of time in hospital um, through nosebleeds, just random nosebleeds during the night, anytime, just random. He comes on like a tap out of both nostrils to pack his nose, get him into hospital where he's went through multiple platelet transfusions and red blood cell transfusions because his haemoglobin drops. Something like this when he's well is absolutely fantastic. It just shows the strength of the local community, bringing people together. The spread from, you know, being brought in this morning, seeing all the fire brigades, seeing that all these people that are here to help him aren't always bad and inflicting pain on him. So it's really refreshing to see and he gets to see the people outside in normal circumstances where he's well. Even pointed at the ambulance today to say oh, I don't want to go on that that's for sick kids but it was just here to show him that you know these people are here for his good and for the health of him so really really good puts a smile on people's face it's November but it really feels like Christmas when this is what Christmas is about really you know it's just putting a smile on everyone else's face and just seeing the joy that what people are able to give for people and the smile that it puts on even adults faces here today so really really special and thanks to everyone for what they do and the nurses and the doctors everyone were just so grateful for everything that they do without them we don't know where we'd be so really Really, really good really positive and puts a shiver up your spine to see the people here today and just that nobody cares about anything only happiness today and that's what it's all about do you want to tell me what your name is mia and how's the day gone mia good did you meet santi yes and what did you get us santi LOLs, the smaller dolls. Okay. And what's your own name? Libby. And what did you get off Santi Libby? Nothing yet. Are you going to meet him later on? Yeah. And what's your name? Letty. Have you met Santi yet, Letty? You're going to meet him later on, though? So my name is Laura Mitchell and I'm a teacher in Skull Cluckerver in Carrick 2 and myself and another teacher, Breed Fahey. We do the choir that you can hear behind us. We've been involved with the Cork City Hospital Children's Club for a number of years. My dad used to work with John Looney and we got involved through that contact and we've done their Christmas event, we've done their Disneyland airport send-off event and it's such a special thing to be involved in and we would do a lot of fundraising in school for the Cork City Hospital Children's Club. We've had a number of children go on their events as well so we've really seen firsthand the special work that they do and it's fantastic our own boys and girls to come up as part of the choir and be a part of such a really special day. My name is Christine O'Sullivan and I'm a staff nurse in Puffin Ward in Cork University Hospital. Today is a very special day for the kids. It's out of hospital environment, it's friendly, it's safe, it's where every child, especially a sick child, should be. This is their special day. Everybody's story is different and it's a personal story to each one. We have four sittings over the next two days. So this morning there's 15 families from Cork University Hospital and this evening children from the Deaf Association and from different organisations tomorrow as well. their time, the guards, the fire brigade, everybody and they've all come this morning and led us from Nemo into the city blues and twos and the kids were super excited so thanks to everybody they've made this day so special Oh, isn't that gorgeous? Thank you to Steve Fox, our reporter who went along. But it sounded like a magical day and well done to the Cork City Hospital Children's uh, Club. They really are fantastic and have been doing great work for a number of years. And thank you to John who says, I want to point out the marrying year, Patricia, was 1954. John knows why. 
he was born that year and he was christened John Marion. So yeah, Mary or Marion uh, was used. Uh, certainly there was a lot of Mary and Marions for girls, but it was also used for boys' names as well. Thank you for that, uh, John, talking of a Mary. Another Mary was on to say... Anybody know of any organisation doing any fundraising for Gaza and the situation in Gaza in the Clonakilty area? Mary said, really upset watching uh, the news uh, last night. She said, it's so sad to watch all oh, this in the weekend. That that little boy who was talking about was his baby brother was, was buried under the rubble. It was just... Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. It's so, oh God, when is it going to end? When is this, when is it going And when are innocent, are we going to stop seeing innocent people... Um, hurt and, and, and killed and maimed. It's just, it's shocking. It's just absolutely shocking what is going on. And I even saw at the weekend that the, you know, the latest um, violence that's happening in uh, the United States, who are uh, Israel's closest ally, they're even, you know, calling out to Israel they have to, they have to limit harm to Palestinian uh, civilians in what is this new phase of the offensive, uh, of the offensive which is now focused on the south and they were all told, the Palestinians were told to move from the north to the south and now the focus is on the south. I mean, where do they want these people uh, to go? Because literally there is no place for them uh, to go. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Anybody know of any fundraiser in Gaza? Uh, in the Clonakilty area for Mary, please, if you can let us know, 0818103103. And Gary on Garda Station says, it's really frustrating going to a Garda Station when you want to get something done, maybe a form signed or you want to report something. And when you go, the door is closed. I know, says Gary, there is a shortage of Garda on the beach. Could they not deploy civil servants to operate Garda stations and at least have Garda stations open, say, between nine and five or nine and six so that people can pop in, reports could be written up, our forms could be sorted out or people could collect something that they need to collect and therefore that would give the Garda more time to be out and about on the beach. I know they have increased the number of civilian workers in Garda stations, but I don't know if a Garda station can open up with just a civilian in it. We'd need, we'd need a member of Garda Siakona to confirm that or not. But it is frustrating if you're trying to get something sorted and, and you go and it is closed. Thank you for your call. OK, we're going to take a break and we're back with Annalise Drissel, our nutritional therapist. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Health store, Times Square and Balancholic, where Annalise Drissel uh, joins me. Good afternoon to you, Annalise. Good afternoon, Patricia. And a huge number of questions, so we'll do our best to get through as many of them as we can. James says, would Annalise have any advice for the treatment and prevention of angular cheilitis in the lips? Also, my nails have become very brittle and split very easily, and I'm not sure if they're connected or not. And I've checked it. It's to do with the splitting of the lips. Okay. So it could be down to a couple of different things, Patricia. There is actually... um, lips do split very much if you're deficient in a particular one of the B vitamins. So taking a B complex that's high in vitamin B2 might help with that. Um, That splitting often happens more at the corners of the lips as opposed to the lips themselves. Um, And the nails being brittle as well. I'm wondering, has this person come through a period of being very run down or being very stressed? Because actually often your nails and your skin and your lips will all suffer in those cases. Um, Dry lips are very common for people at this time of the year. And a lot of people use the lip balms on them. Um, And that's very good to protect them. I sometimes think Patricia doesn't actually get the fat into them from the inside out. Um, So 
sometimes I think maybe taking a fish oil during the winter months just to keep your skin kind of hydrated with fats can help. Um, that's not going to be a quick fix, though. That will take a little bit of time to kick in. The best lip balm I've ever found is one called... Um, is called eco lips. Um, now it can be quite difficult to get them. Um, I know that we can no longer get them in the shop. So if you can get your hands on those, they're fantastic and they definitely do hydrate. The other thing that's very good for sore lips as well is the biopropolis cream. Um, it's fantastic if you've got chapped lips, but also for cold sores, it definitely takes the pain and the anger and the redness and the swelling out of the cold sores. So you could try that as well. And then the last thing I'd say on weak and brittle nails, this could be a question I'd often ask customers if they had um, a lot of heartburn and acid reflux, because if you've got low stomach acid and a weak valve at the top of the stomach, you get all the symptoms of heartburn. But because you've got weak acid, you're not very good at digesting proteins and this affects the quality of your nails. So sometimes people who've got very brittle or ridged nails, it can be an indicator of low stomach acid. In which case we'd supplement with a digestive enzyme with some stomach acid in it. Wow. Uh, any suggestions, please, for cold hands and feet? Is it just down to poor circulation? Mostly, I think. Now, there's another thing that it can be as well, Patricia, and that's called Raynaud's disease. This is a kind of an autoimmune disease and they're not really... Sure, like they don't really understand it very, very well. But what happens with Raynaud's disease is that temperature, cold temperature shuts down the very tiny little capillaries that make their way out to the tips of our fingers and our toes. And of course, because they shut down, they're not bringing any blood uh, and nutrients to nourish and warm the tissue. So people's fingers can go very, very white. So if it's something that serious, maybe go to your doctor and and, and get a diagnosis. Now, there's nothing much they recommend for it, truthfully. So what we normally recommend is to support the circulation and the things that are best to support circulation. Um, the horseradish and garlic is a lovely one in the wintertime. Um, Viridian do uh, one of that. Um, Hawthorne is another fantastic one that's very good for the health of all of that tiny, very um, delicate vascular tissue in the capillaries. So you can also get Hawthorne on its own or Hawthorne and a garlic complex as well. And we would definitely recommend taking those. Some people find that using an oil with capacin, which is the extract of chili, that that can help by rubbing it into the hands. But I mean, just be very careful with that and the eyes, Patricia, because mm. um, that can be very stingy. Um, the only other thing that it could be down to, if it's an all year round thing as opposed to a winter thing, it can sometimes be a symptom of a low thyroid because thyroid would be responsible for metabolism and circulation in that roundabout way. Um, and if you had other symptoms like low energy, putting weight on um, and finding it very, very hard to lose it, thinning hair, sluggish feeling overall and fatigue, then it could be something like low thyroid. So get your bloods checked. OK, talking of bloods, the listener said my recent blood test showed my iron levels are at the lowest point of normal. Could Annalise advise what I should take? I do eat a lot of green vegetables. Green vegetables are a great source of iron, Patricia, uh, but they're not always the best source of iron for some people because the iron isn't like the active form that we use. The best sources of iron actually is red meat, 
um, particularly liver is a fantastic one. Now, a lot of people don't like to eat red meat for health reasons. So in that case, I think you probably need to up your um, intake of green leafy vegetables and make sure that you're taking them with something vitamin C rich at the same time. So that could be things like um, peppers or tomatoes. Um, green leafy veg will have some vitamin C as well. Actually, surprisingly, potatoes with their skin on are a great source of vitamin C and sweet potatoes would be a good source of vitamin C. So that help, can help improve iron absorption. And if that doesn't work, you could take an iron supplement. Um, the best iron supplement really to avoid being constipation is one called iron bisglycinate. It's very, very gentle on the system. And if your iron is only borderline, I wouldn't take it every day. I maybe would take it every, uh, maybe twice or three times a week just to keep yourself topped up. And that certainly will have no negative side effects whatsoever. Now, another reason that you could be low on iron, and this happens very regularly, Patricia, that people eat plenty red meat, but they're still low or borderline low on iron stores. And this always indicates to me that they're not absorbing iron. Um, and that can be sometimes in the case of gluten intolerance or maybe not digesting and absorbing your food very well. So taking a digestive enzyme could help. And if you feel that you've other symptoms of gluten intolerance, like bloating or digestive issues, maybe consider that that could be a cause. As well. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what happened to me. So I discovered and as soon as I gave up, I went on a gluten free diet. It, the iron part of it uh, sorted itself out for sure. OK, hi, Annelise. What was the topic that you suggested for tiredness and no energy last week? Probably the source of life gold, was it? I think source of life gold is always a great tonic, Patricia, because it's got everything in there. Um, but also the the thing I, that gives you that little instant boost of energy is um, ginseng. I think that's what I might have been talking about. Ginseng is a wonderful and gentle herb to kind of get an energy boost. It gives you an immediate sort of feeling of energy without that kind of caffeine jitteriness that you get from a caffeine boost. So um, the one I love is there's a Terra Nova one called Dynamic Synergy, and it's a blend of a lot of different types of ginseng. So you get a really nice, very significant, but gentle, non-jittery boost of energy. The other lovely thing about ginseng as well is that it is very nourishing and restorative for the adrenal glands. So it's great if you're going through a period of stress, either mental stress or busy life stress um, so it supports you through that as well without wearing you out. Okay, Sean has, he can't shake off a cold and he has a sinus infection with it he's, on, he's taking probiotics, he's on a good multivitamin, he eats healthily, any other advice just to and you hear that a lot of people trying to just, just shake off a cold and a, and a sinus infection is just lingering Very much so um, and actually a lot of people have have um, very bad lingering sinuses and colds after developing um, having had COVID. So um, I think a couple of years ago, well, Patricia, I do remember having a long cough myself and uh, a customer of mine telling me that had been dubbed the 100 day cough by consultants. So wow. I'm wondering if that kind of nasty cough is around again. Um, in terms of the sinus infection, what I'd recommend for that and for anything respiratory is the Dr. Delish Clare Mucotone because it is great. It's a blend of herbs that kind of support a healthy respiratory tract, but also there's immune boosting herbs in there and herbs to kind of reduce mucus. So you could take that three times a day. Another thing that's great for sinus infection is to do a steam inhalation with some oregano oil in there. Oregano is a really strong herb for killing off any kind of bacteria or fungi or anything that could be up there in the sinus cavities. So you could do that um, once a day. 
I start off easy with that oregano oil because it's very, very, very strong. So start with maybe one or two drops and try and build up your resistance to the strength of it. Um, so that could be another thing to do. I definitely would take something like N-acetylcysteine, which is fantastic for um, anything kind of mucousy, chesty. Um, it's a great natural anti-inflammatory as well. So it's very, very supportive of immune system function. And there is a supplement we have in the shop that I love. It's by um, Nature's Plus, and it's a combination of vitamin A, C, E, zinc, selenium, and N-acetylcysteine in there. So you're kind of getting all of your immune supporting ones all in the one tablet. So something like that could help. Um, and and that's probably the very basics, Patricia, okay. I think. Okay. Um, and very finally, you have less than a minute for this for Bernice, uh, who describes herself as a coffee drinker all of her life, which she's noticed over the last two months when she drinks coffee. It seems to upset, upset her stomach. Why would that be happening? Yeah, so caffeine is actually um, is is very much loosening of the sphincter muscles, which a lot of people will know because they'll take it to help themselves go to the loo. Mm. But there is a very um, tight sphincter muscle at the top of your stomach and caffeine can loosen that. So you will get maybe a little bit of an acidic feeling. So I suggest cutting down on the caffeine. Um, zinc carnison is a supplement that is very good to help support the stomach lining and to help tighten up that little valve if you've got any symptoms of kind of acid or acid reflux. So she could try taking that for a month or two as well. It would be dreadful to have to give up the old coffee. Okay, listen, Annelise, have a good week and we'll chat you again next Monday. Look after yourself. Thanks a million. That is Annalise Russell of the Health Hub Times Square in Balancholic and Annalise on our own website, healthhubstore.com will put up as heard on the radio. I should do that later on and our own John Paul will put it up on uh, c103.ie as a separate uh, podcast. I was talking about the situation in Gaza. Somebody agrees with Mary who says, who was upset watching the news. This caller says the news is getting really, really difficult to watch at the moment. I heard somebody on radio this morning from Tel Aviv uh, saying that this could go on for a year or more man's inhumanity uh, to man. Yeah, it's truly shocking. OK, that's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you uh, for the afternoon. And don't forget, if you have any smallies in the household, they can register for Nick's famous Santa calls by registering at uh, c103.ie. Back with you tomorrow. Thanks. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. cmig.ie.